0: This is episode seven of the Tender Bangu podcast. Today, I chat with Dr. Alex Franchella, an MD, a sports medicine physician at Cleveland Clinic, Canada, a pro sport team physician, and also one of my teammates back at McMaster. We discuss what he sees as the secret behind optimizing business and athletic success, and also dive into some really cool research on how we can become smarter welcome back folks to the tanvir bangu podcast my name is tanvir head of technology and a former college football champion through each episode and special guest we show you how you can leverage principles in sports to help you win in the business world thank you for tuning in let's get started today i chat with dr alex Franchella an M.D. and a sports medicine physician at Cleveland Clinic Canada and also a team physician for Toronto Wolfpack Rugby League Football Club. Dr. Frenchella has a strong interest in sports and exercise medicine, physical activity promotion, emergency medicine, and sideline and event coverage. At McMaster, Alice graduated with an honours Bachelor of Science in Kinesiology, He played four years of varsity football for the Marauders, where he was a three times Marauder, Scholar, and a two-time Academic All-Canadian. In his final year, he was also nominated for the Russ Jackson Award, given annually to the Canadian University football player, who best exemplifies the attributes of football, skill, academic achievement, and citizenship. Dr. Franchella obtained his Doctor of Medicine from the Saba University of Medicine. He completed his residency in family medicine at the University of Toronto, where he was also the chief resident in his final year. Dr. Franchella is dedicated to working with his patients to develop individualized treatment plans to help them return to their activity or sport of choice. He believes in exercise as a first line treatment for a variety of medical conditions. Not simply musculoskeletal related injuries. He is also involved in a variety of educational and research endeavors to ensure he remains up to date and providing the best treatment to his patients. He's a contributing editor to the education website sportsmedschool.com. Active in the world of sports, Dr. Vincella is currently the team physician for the Toronto Wolfpack Rugby League Football Club. He has been involved in Canada basketball as a team physician for the under-16 Canada men's national basketball team, traveling to Brazil for the 2019 FIBA Americas Championships. He has previously provided medical care to teams such as the Toronto Football Club Academy, Mississauga Steelheads Hockey Team, Toronto Rock Lacrosse Team, the Nutscracker Ballet, NHL Referees Association the Toronto Waterfront Marathon, and the Toronto Triathlon. Some of the things that we dive into on this episode include what Alex did to manage a full course load as a student athlete and also become a two times academic All-Canadian. Why he pursued sports medicine after football. Why you need to have accountability and be okay with having a tough conversation with your teammates. How exercise is actually the best medicine, period, and how being active before work or studying actually results in new neuron generation inside your brain. And guys, as you're listening and if something resonates, make sure to share this with a friend or a colleague. Or if you relate, please share this on Instagram stories and tag me at tendra.bangu or comment on my LinkedIn or Instagram posts with your review. And remember to visit my website, tangierbengu.com for a ton of free content and lots of exercises. You can follow Dr. Franchella on LinkedIn and visit his website at clevelandclinic.org. All right, team, let's dive into this with the one and only Dr. Alex Franchella. So happy to have you on the on the Tanvir Bangu Sports to Business podcast.
1: <laughs> there we go. Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: Awesome! I know. Um, you know, we were just discussing like it's been ten years since I saw you. It's, it's yeah. time flies,
1: right? It's been uh, it's been a while. Yeah, I can't, every time uh, you think things are going fast, you uh, take a breath and realize that it's been it's been ten years since you graduated uh, undergrad. A lot has changed, yeah. but one thing that brings us back together is uh, football, for sure.
0: Exactly. So a quick introduction uh, for everybody who doesn't know who Alex is, Alex. Um, was an all-star football player at McMaster, went on to med school. Long story, short, and I'm gonna let you introduce yourself and do justice. Long story short, he's now a full-on, you know, working in a clinic, and you're working on you know on the squad of some sports teams, yeah. and you're doing a bunch of other stuff where research and you know groundbreaking discoveries as well. So a lot going on in your life. So tell everyone what you're up to nowadays, Alex.
1: Yeah, sure. So. um so i just over one year into independent practice. Uh, my official title is I'm a primary care sport and exercise medicine uh, doctor. So I work at the Cleveland Clinic Canada um, and a few other clinics around the city. Uh, this past year, I was the, the team doctor for the Toronto Wolfpack, which is a professional wow. rugby club here in, uh, in Toronto. Uh, unfortunately, during because of COVID, um, they've had their season suspended um, and their operations. So hopefully they'll get back into it next year. Uh, I also work up in the emergency department um, up in Port Perry, which is a small town about an hour north of Toronto. Um, I've done a bunch of different work with a variety of pro and amateur level stuff, from you know NHL referees to you know my fellowship I was at the University of Toronto, so I covered football games, basketball games, hockey games, things like that. Um, done some work with Canada Basketball uh, and also covered some like endurance events, so you know marathons and uh, some some concerts and th- things like that. Yeah. So it's been pretty busy. I, you know, finally, you know, also involved in kind of what's a, called free open access medical education. So it's a website that some of my mentors have put together and I've jumped on in my uh, during my training. Um, so we provide you know, medical education for people who are interested in sports medicine and want to learn a little bit more about it.
0: That's amazing. Like that's so much you're doing so many different things. How, how do you find the time for everything? I know you recently yeah. moved as well. So, you know, like, how do you find the time for all this? I know being yeah. about is not easy,
1: right? I know it's, it's tough. You know, you know, I think, um, one of the things that we try to pride ourselves on as, you know, as people who do a lot of different things is time management. And sometimes that's easier said than done, I think. Um, but a lot of the times, you know, it's basically just making a to-do list and trying to check things off and knowing kind of when you're busy and, and when you're not and, and sort of prioritizing things. Um, and and trying to do scenario.
0: It's execution over, you know, analysis paralysis, they call it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Let's I'll I'll really, I'm, I'm actually very excited to learn about all the great things that, that you went on to learn and, you know, some things that you can even teach me on this podcast about Mm -hmm. leveraging, you know, sports plus even some of the advances in, in, you know, sports nutrition and, and sports, um, you know, the medical side and how people can apply it into their professional lives before we do that i really want to understand alex from you you were a master football player then you went on to med school and then you went on to do all these different things how did your football experience in your undergraduate studies prepare you for the journey you've been on in the
1: last 10 years yeah i mean it's it's good it's a good question i think um you know i've always said that football would and it said a lot right football is a metaphor for life um, I think a lot of the the struggles that you go through as a football player really help um, in med school. I would say, you know, when when you start off in in high school, you know, you're usually the superstar of your team, and and you come in and and you're a rookie again, and you, you got all these guys that you're trying to look up to and people to impress. Um, so it's, it really, you know, really tailors itself into medicine as well, because you start. You know, you start kind of low on the totem pole as a medical student. You want to, you want to prove yourself day in and day out by working hard. Um, and so you kind of go through there. So that's one way that it helps with, uh, with football. I think, um, the one thing that I definitely learned during undergrad that helped me during, um, during medical school was time management, as I kind of mentioned before. So, you know, you, I took a full course load during football season. Most of the time there's five courses. a yeah, you know, five courses a semester. That's class. You know, most days eight thirty to three thirty. That's practice that starts at five. Yeah. So now,
0: I remember you were you were a scholar as well. Were you? I yeah, remember, I'm
1: a scholar. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Wow, so,
0: so for everyone listening, what is what is that? What is what did you take to get on that list?
1: So, Marana scholar, you have to achieve. It's you have to be uh, academic. um Academic scholar, so I think you have to achieve, a, I can't remember what the grade point I think it was nine. I think nine or like nine, eight five 12 or something or like that, and, and still be. Um,
0: With 40 hours of football. Nap-
1: yeah, and then, you know, I was academic all Canadian a couple of years too. Um, so, you know, going from that, you know, full course load, um, and then having to be ready for football. I remember, I, and I, I still do this to this day and did it all through med school, was literally like 10 to 15 minute naps get home, wow. try and sleep for a little bit, get something in and then, you know, have a coffee or whatever and head on over um, to D-back. That's amazing. Get ready That's amazing. And so, yeah, I think that was, that was a huge thing. It's always, it was always trying to balance it. Um, and I was definitely somebody who, you know, I knew I wasn't the biggest, fastest, strongest guy on the team, but I knew like if I had, you know, if I understood the game and under, understood the ins and out of things, then I could leverage that to my advantage. and And become successful on the field despite exactly. I
0: think you hit on a great point there, Alex. That's about you know, you get a lot of players I've seen had amazing talent, but they never used it to their advantage because the work ethic wasn't there. So I think almost when you're not athletically gifted in a way, if you learn how to really use the other things that are free but hard, such as work ethic, understanding the game, learning the game, showing up to practice early, right all those things eventually add up. And like, you, you know, one of the things that I, even back then when I knew you, I knew, like, no matter where you, what you go on to do, you're going to be successful is because of the underlying principles you had built. Right. Yeah,
1: sure, Yeah. I think, I think that that lends to lends to anything. Right. I remember like coach P used to say, you know, if you're, not, if you're not five minutes early, you're 10 minutes late type of thing. 10, exactly. And that, you know, that, that follows you everywhere you go. Right. Like, um, those are habits that you have to build early on and if you don't it's 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 gonna it's gonna it's gonna hinder you back back in the day i mean even even as a even as a physician and you know i've been in positions in leadership in in medicine as well um you know people are that are late when they're in high school to class are going to be late to late to meetings when they're adults that's like that's just something that is a part of of you exactly so um, that's where that discipline and like determination really comes in. Um, things like that. Yeah.
0: So why, why did you choose sports medicine?
1: Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, the obvious choice is, uh, you know, I was an athlete, yeah. so I like sports, but I think it, for me, it probably started back in high school, um, when I was in grade 12 in our final like Bowl game, which was, I guess the equivalent of a state or provincial championship. Yep. Um, I dislocated my shoulder like in the final game at the Skydome. Wow. Popped it back in. Long story short, went, went ended up playing second second half, scored the winning touchdown of that game. Um, went through rehab a bunch, um, and then sort of dealt with injuries all through university, both shoulder and other sort of things. Um, so spent a lot of time in in the physio clinic, volunteered in the physio clinic, that sort of stuff, um, and really really connected with, you know, that process of getting somebody back um, from the field. The, front the field and, you know, really feeling good about it when you see them succeed. Um, so that, and like, I you know, really enjoy the human body and how things work and, and, you know, training and eating and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so that really blossomed into that. And, you know, I think getting into medicine, you know, family medicine was something that I, that I really enjoyed because it's kind of like that holistic, Um, sort of approach to things and and understanding the patient um, more than just um, more than just their pathology. It's more, it's the patient that you're treating, not just uh, the disease or the injury per se. Um, So I think, again, being an athlete, being on that other side, I'm able to connect with guys and, or, you know, guys, you know, patients and, and players and understand, you know, the pressures from coaches, pressures from parents, um, and really connect with them. And even just using Terminology, you know, hanging out at UFT or being in the UFT clinic, you talk to the football guys. You know, hey, when did you injure yourself? Was it during one-on-ones? Was it during, you know, seven-on-seven? Was it during Skelly? What, like, what, what part of what part of the practice did you did you get did you get injured? And they they sort of connect with you on that level, um, so it kind of helps helps them buy into the rehab and and buy into the the recovery.
0: That is that's actually so that's so unique and interesting, right? Because I've after like, I was okay for two or three years after graduating, you know, from football, some of the injuries started coming back after, yeah. right? Because I did lose some weight and I was okay, but the stuff started creeping back up. The shoulders started hurting again, knees started hurting again, yeah. all of them lighter. And I mean, I went to a lot of doctors, but I just knew that they didn't understand where I was coming from because yeah. they weren't sports. They, they didn't understand the sports side of things. Right. Yeah. And then finally I, I met someone, who is a sports doctor and, and and you know works with some of the professionals and right away he's like this is what's wrong with you and here's how you're gonna fix it and because you were a lineman before in university here's all the things that you know probably went wrong and i'm like damn this guy gets it yeah right and i'm all, and and it's not just you know from a mental standpoint i'm like i'm a lot more positive about the treatment because i know that the person working on me is he understands where I'm coming from right so, huge huge plus yeah I agree for sure yeah. what so I mean you know you, like you're working with all these different teams now and t- tell me a little bit about what what kind of work do you do as a team physician so what does your day look like what does your season look like yeah
1: I mean it's definitely uh, it's variable depending on on the time of year I would say on a, on a regular day to day I'm in clinic and I don't just see professional athletes I see people like, well, now people like you and me. So people that are every day, you know, trying to, trying to be active or um, have injured themselves doing recreational sports. Um, also seeing sort of people that are a little bit older that have osteoarthritis and, and are trying to deal with that and trying to stay active and avoid um, knee replacement surgery. So that's typically a day to day. And then, you know, week to week, I'm in the emergency department, that's kind of where else I'll be. Um, from a team physician perspective, it depends. Um, so with the Wolfpack, you know, you're dealing with more, mostly a lot of day-to-day medical stuff. That's actually not even mostly sports medicine. It's just regular medicine stuff. You know, if they have a skin infection or, um, you know, before COVID, uh, you know, a viral infection or something like that. Um, also when they're here, you know, we deal with their family. So, you know, seeing their kids or, or their wives or partners or whoever is over here. So dealing with that sort of stuff. Um, also, you know, variety of mental health concerns that, you know, players have, um, is really important. And then with injuries, you know, we definitely work in a team environment. So your team meetings with, with your physiotherapist, your strength and conditioning coach, uh, the head coaches and sort of figuring out where guys are in the rehab. Do we need to get imaging? Do we need to schedule MRIs? Um, those sorts of things.
0: It's amazing. Um, you mentioned something which I, you know, really want to dive into. You talked about pressures on players. Walk me through that. I know like when we were playing, you know, there's always this pressure that we're being watched all the time. Yeah. You don't want to you don't want to be the one on the field, right? How do you handle that aspect of it when you know that you want to get this player on the field and, and somebody might be like, I'm ready, I'm ready, but you know they're not ready.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's a good point. I mean, especially in, you know, the, the types of sports that I'm that I'm covering. And and I think most sports in general, it's as much as we talk about it, there is still that tough guy attitude. And we want to, want to push through and want to push through injuries. Um, I think a lot of it really just goes back to that. You have to sort of distance yourself from that and realize that, you know, you have an objective point of view as the physician. And although that the play the athlete at the time may not fully understand the decision that you're making that you ultimately are doing what's best for them and not, well, not only what's best for them at the time, but also what's best for them in their career going forward. Cause a lot of the times, you know, during that, you, you know, you've been there, I've been there, you know, I got my shoulder dislocated. Should I have went back in? Probably not. You know what I mean? But exactly. at the and, and you see it all the time. in athletes. you know, we've got like Kurchili and, you know, all these guys that are, that are playing with, with big time injuries. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely not easy Sometimes at the end of the day, you know, if, if depending on the situation, you know, if their guys are making multi-million dollars, and um, then as long as they understand those risks then those are the risks that they're that they're willing to take, then that's kind of where you go. But yeah, from a from a more like amateur perspective or university or things like that, you really need to distance yourself and, and understand that you know you're a trusted member of the team and you kind of fall back on your medical training your medical expert expertise and say okay no this is the right decision that i'm making um although you may not the coach may not like you the player may not like you but that's kind of just what you got to do as a, as a professional
0: yeah, you always have a duty to your profession yeah to that and you see the something that the individual at that point might not understand and something a not-
1: lot bigger right yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, and, and like I said, ultimately, you're, you're doing what's best for the patient and that's that's kind of the most important thing.
0: It's curious to know, Alex, um, you know, when the, the game's on the line, you know, players making a lot of money, you want to go back in, then there's some the risks, right? I think with COVID, and I mean, I've been in the corporate life and, and I've seen a lot of my colleagues and even sometimes myself, it's like, I just got to do another couple of hours. I got this big deadline I got to hit, huge project I need to make sure that I'm delivering on, right? And a lot of times, eventually, like you start getting stressed out and your body starts to give up on you. And, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes if you don't sleep enough, you don't make the right decisions at work. What would you say is one, like a couple of things that maybe you've learned in, you know, sports medicine from sports, from some of the players that business professionals can use to really listen to their bodies, even though there's this um, work's always going to be there. Right. Yeah. So like, how do you handle pressure and still make sure that you're
1: healthy while doing it? I would say, I mean, it's going to go back to that same sort of, you know, I don't want to say work-life balance, but more so just balance. I think, I don't think it has to be work-life balance because work is your life. They're not, yes, they're it's not an two, integration, right? Yeah. They're not two separate things. Right. I think, you know, staying regimented as best as you can uh, um, when you're in those sort of tough things and, and having those daily outlets. So whether that's, you know, whatever that is for you, whether that's going for a run, whether that's, you know, waking up in the morning and doing a yoga or like getting 10 push push-ups in or something like that, or even doesn't have to be physical. For me, it's mostly physical. Like I know, like you just said, like sometimes when back in med school and stuff, when you're studying and you're doing everything and you don't work out, you actually feel worse. And then you go work out and you're like, man, why haven't I been doing this for the last week, right? And so I think it's just it's making sure you have those outlets. And like I said, they don't be physical, it could just be, you know, calling, calling your parents or calling a friend and and just sort of venting or talking about something else other than than sports, I think is important. Um, and and really just using that as, as having an outlet. I think you see that in pro athletes too. Like guys can't be going go, go, go all the time. And I remember, you know, especially with the Wolfpack, a lot of these guys are they're overseas, they're over here for four weeks straight. They haven't seen their family. They haven't seen their, their wife or their girlfriend or their partner or whoever. Um, so they're like, I just need a bit of a break. I got to make sure I call and check in and see how things are doing. And I think that's important no matter what walk of life you're in.
0: Yeah, I think the key thing here is that we we, we start to think that all these things that we have throughout our life is kind of the anchors, that those are things we can you know sacrifice to do something uh, which is pressing. But a lot of times what people don't realize is that those are the things that allow you to do the work exactly, and, and effectively and efficiently and, and productively. Right? Yeah.
1: It's like, that, it's like, it's the good passion versus the bad passion. And, and there's a, I think it's a fine line between the two of them yeah. um, because you can be super pat- if you want to be super successful, yeah, it's going to require you to make some sacrifices, but at what point do those sacrifices become, you know, from a medical term pathologic or, or detrimental mm-hmm. to your success. Um, and at what point do you find that balance where you can be focused on what you want to do, but also understand that, you know, you can't do it all the time.
0: Turning this sideways, what are some of the things that you've seen, you know, either your colleagues or even some of the the folks on, you know, let's say of the basketball teams you've coached, um, you know, the rugby teams you've coached, what are some of the great values that you've seen some of the players exhibit that you're like, man, that's a very smart thing this person does. And that's probably the underlying X factor that allows them to perform at such a great, um, you know, rate.
1: Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's a good question. I think, um, I think a lot of it is kind of, I don't want to keep going back. But I think like mental preparedness yeah. and understanding, um, what you need to do. I think it's just, I think it's working hard, you, you know, and, and the other thing is focus too. Um,
0: can you tell like my question is, can you tell, the players that work super hard versus the
1: ones that don't from the outside looking in the preparation from preparation. Yeah. I mean, I think it's everybody's a little bit different, but you know, those guys that are focused and zoned in and, and kind of know what they want to do. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's guys that may not be as serious about it, or again, same sort of thing showing up late to practice or, um, you know, or getting in trouble off, off the court or off the pitch. Um, then you know that, you know, th- those aren't the greatest habits, um, so it definitely permeates. I think like, like yeah. you're talking about those, those habits that, that you develop permeate throughout all walks of life.
0: And the reason I wanted to ask this was because, you know, a lot of times when in business you're interviewing people, um, I always advocate that, look at the habits versus the interview. So look at what did this person do before the interview? If you're trying to hire someone or after, do they show up early? Are they prepared? Um, do they respond back in a timely fashion? Yeah. Those are the things that again allow you to see, you know, it might not be very correlated in a positive manner, but it has some sort of indication. Of course, this has the
1: right value. It's trust. Right? it's trust, right? Like it's it's like anything, whether you're in business or in sports, especially in football, you know, we played on opposites opposite. We couldn't mean you couldn't have been more different. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was a receiver, you're a defensive lineman. Couldn't be more different. But, you know, in order for the team to succeed, I have to trust that you're doing everything you can on your end of the ball and I'm, and you're going to trust in me to do the same thing. So if somebody shows up late in practice or, you know, not responding to emails. How can you trust that that job is going to get done? Right. Yeah. And, and that, and you know, the same thing goes in, in medicine or, you know, when you're working on, you know, on teams, you want to have trust in that physiotherapist or that, that strength conditioning coach, or, you know, if you're in a hospital, the nurse or whoever, um, as part of that team, everybody's a valuable spoke in that wheel. Right. And it doesn't go unless, unless you all are are buying in.
0: Exactly. And then also, if you do know that you have a teammate that's not pulling their weight, having the ability to call this person out and be, and knowing that it's a tough thing to do, but it's the, it's the right thing for the organization.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's a good point too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: That's, that's, a, that's very hard to do, but cause you know, you don't, like, I don't want to ruffle some feathers. I don't want to come across as, you know, um, personal, but yeah. for the greater organization, I think that's something you have to do.
1: Yeah, I think it's understanding, it, right? Like if you take it personally, then OK, maybe this isn't this this isn't the spot for you or you got to, you know, got to find somebody else.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I, you know, you, you said the word was it pathological. Yeah. So I'm actually curious, Alex, this is actually I'm really interested in this. Tell <laughs> me about some research that you've done that's just fascinating.
1: Anything. I would say a, I would say a big thing, um, and this is even really not really medicine i mean it's still medicine, definitely medicine. I think a big a big advocate that I've been and you know I have a lot of friends and colleagues that are doing good good research in it and there's good books is is really just the effect of physical activity on sort of what's called neuroplasticity or um, so basically you know developing uh, new brain cells and new new neuronal connections to help with learning, so you know there's a lot of evidence that you go out for. A run or 30-minute run or something like that, and then you come in and um, and you do some reading or you try and learn something new that it actually strengthens those connections. And I'm a big proponent again throughout my medical career is really physical activity as a as a form of medicine or exercise as medicine, which is a is a big uh, national and international um, component. Wow. So knowing that first-line treatment for a variety of things, not just sort of musculoskeletal stuff, but you know diabetes, depression. Alzheimer's, you know, high blood pressure, cancer, all sorts of things, right? We know that physical activity is the, the number one best thing that we can do. And if we could harness that in a pill, it would be the most successful drug on the market, um, without a doubt. So, you know, wow. that, that's probably the biggest thing that, you know, it may not be groundbreaking to some people listening, but... Um, it's actually the most important thing that you can do, and it doesn't have, even have to be a lot. Like it's going out for a 30-minute walk, three to five times a week, um, and, th- and that's it. Yeah, I
0: mean, you know, like it's so fascinating that if you go and do a 30-minute run, you come back and and you turn out to learn something. You're saying you can develop new brain cells.
1: Yeah, exactly. New new neuronal new connections. There's they've done lots of studies um, where the exercise actually increases. Um, a certain protein in your brain, um, that can help actually grow new, new neurons. Wow. Uh, so they did like back, back, in, I think it was in Chicago. So one example that I always use is there was a one school that before they started class, they would run a mile and then go into school. And that school had some of the highest testing scores in the entire state. Um, so, solely based on that.
0: Yeah. That's absurd. That's almost like, it's almost unreal.
1: Yeah, it seems like it's like not even fair, right? Like there's yeah. so much easy stuff that you could be doing. And, and so why not? Right. Like, just go out and do it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That
0: I mean, you know, I always and this is something that I think like the, the, the older I get, the more it becomes obvious. If I don't work out in the mornings and I do, I started doing a lot of hit training. Right. Yeah, If too. I don't work out in the mornings. Exactly. All the football players. Right. Uh, after you retire. Time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I go in thirty, forty minutes. I go really hard. If I don't do that, and I have a really strong, like a a big meeting, I have to make decisions where I have to present. I've noticed that my performance, number one, is not as as great as it can be in days I work out. And number two, I, I I find it really hard to speak and articulate what I'm yeah. thinking.
1: Yeah, definitely. I I agree completely. Like I said, I think there's so many times where I, I mean school you know work during residency you get busy you're on call you know you're working you know 78 78 hours a week maybe more and you don't get to work out and you just you're like am i feeling sick what like what's going on and then you hit the you hit the gym and like you said you go for a quick workout and you sweat it out and you're like man that's that's what i needed exactly yeah that's amazing
0: i mean i you know like i i've been down the path as well where it's like i keep working 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 and i'm looking at a list of stuff to do and I just, I just, it's just not getting done because I'm pretty much burned out yeah. and I know I should go and do something else. I know I should go for a run. It's going to help, but I just can't get myself away because I'm like, I need to do this. I need to do it, but it's unproductive.
1: Yeah. Right. But then you so think I, about it, now, if, but then you got you to gotta sort of justify it to yourself where, okay, if I take this time now for me, I got to go for my run and then, and then I will be more productive. That's usually what I say. It's just like, yeah not, I, like you kind of hit that wall and although you need to do it you know in the end you're going to be better for it
0: exactly and you know i think the big misconception in, in today's you know unfortunately especially with covid is you got to keep working you got to keep grinding it out i think you know like for everybody listening mm-hmm. the message is and there's research behind it is that when you hit a wall you have to stop do something physical I mean, it can be a walk or a run or a work or whatever it might be it's actually going to allow you to be more productive And happier. I think a lot of people aren't happy right now because you keep on doing the exact same thing day in, day out and in the same place you're having dinner. Yeah. The other thing I really wanted to ask you, Alex, was also like for anybody who is, let's say, um, you know, a football player today. And like a lot of young athletes talk to me. Right. And I'm sure it comes with you as well. Where it's like, you know, I'm like 10 years pre us. Right. Today is young players who are in university, any sport. Right. And they're like, yeah, you know, we're grinding it out trying to make the big leagues, but you know, the, you know, the 5% rule, only 5% are going to make it. And of those 5% are going to actually stick around, right. The big leagues for everybody else. Like, you know, what is, what is something that these athletes should be thinking about today? So they could go on to build careers, right. Such as become a doctor.
1: Yeah. I think, I think a lot of it is that you need to, you need to understand why you're in sport and what the values are behind it. Understanding that, You know, like we've spoken about um during this podcast is the lessons that you learn definitely do translate into success. Um, and to understand that there is life after your sport, and you need to prepare for that. And although everybody wants to be a professional athlete and everybody wants to, you know, score the winning touchdown, things like that, majority of us don't, and and putting in the work. To prepare yourself for that, um, whether that's off the field um, or you know on the field too, right? Like those, like I said, working hard in the weight room and things like that are going to translate into those other things. And it's really understanding the process um, that you're going to you're going to get there. And I would say, you know, if you're trying to you know accomplish something new in your career or making some sort of transition. Um, just like making sure you take the time to sort of discover like what your motivation is and why you're doing those sorts of things.
0: Yeah. And, and like the people who actually go into to play professional sports, I think the misconception is you know, people think once you make it, it's, it's amazing. Like the average lifespan of an a, a professional athlete is like what a year and a half.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the thing. I, I think you gotta, and you gotta block out, you gotta block out distractions. I think is another big thing. You know, you know, you're in university, you're getting pulled many different ways, socially, you know, emotionally, physically, academically, everything. Like I remember, it, I mean, you know, I used to get razzed for studying all the, all the time and things like that. And I was just like, listen, I, I know that, you know, football is not my be all and end all. And I got to be ready for, for when that's there. Um, and I think that translated, translates to, to medical school. Even in medical school, I remember people being like, how are you still studying? How are you still doing this? And it's similar to you know when you're when you're you know working out or like how are you doing that last rep, and you're just like I don't know I'm just doing it because I have to do it to get it done right like that's all you know yeah. is just working hard all the time, um, so I think that's like you know taking those taking those lessons and understanding how you can translate them into other aspects of your life.
0: It's so they're so motivational. That's I think you know looking at understanding like there's a long-term game plan and as long as you know that inside your head and you're true to that. it's going to be much harder for somebody to sway you versus if you
1: don't know where you're going, if you don't know what the long-term plan is, right? You know, if you're, if you're there, you gotta, you know, you're going to go through those ups and downs and understanding sort of like why you're there and and how you're going to achieve it. Um, And then it kind of motivates you in those, in those valleys to get where you need to be. Yeah.
0: And it's like when you are in university, right? Like I think in the same topic, and this is actually something that I always wondered because what worked for me might not work for everybody else. Right. Yeah. Um, how do you block out the distractions other than just knowing that you have to get somewhere? Like what's one tactical thing you did?
1: Yeah, I think, I think, well, back in university, um, it was tough. I mean, you know, even now it's probably way harder. I, fi- I find yeah. you know, to shut things out back then we didn't have Instagram or we had Facebook. That was pretty much it or some text messaging, but yeah. That I was think, also
0: on a laptop. It, was no, yeah, exactly. it wasn't
1: on the phone, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh what i used to do i i really used to just i think i had a few spots on campus that i i would go to um you know throw on my headphones and and really just get down to work um i think having a support system is is really important so you know i always knew i could call my parents or my brother or whoever and and just sort of talk about things and then also having a, a close knit group of friends that you know say hey let's go let's go study or let's you know let's uh let's go somewhere and just sort of zone out for a little bit and well what didn't even have to be studying the same thing just go in and do work right uh, um i think that those are some tactical things and i think just just really prioritizing like writing down okay i'm in class here and then you know from this time to this time i'm going to study this and this time to this time i'm going to study that and then uh, kind of going from there so i think make your schedule and put
0: time slots on it just because you have five hours in the evening doesn't mean you spend the entire five hours sitting in front of a
1: laptop because then you're yeah. never going to get done right yeah exactly yeah you got to put some time in and and you know going upstairs and hanging out or whatever yeah
0: and then i think the second thing that that i think you said that i i resonates with me and i you know i've been through this as well is stick with a group of people that actually support you and motivate you don't spend your time with people that actually pull
1: you down yeah definitely definitely i think that's important and you know a lot of guys that i you know, made friends with in, in university are still some of my very close friends, uh, today. And we share a lot of those same values. So it's, uh, it's good. And that happens in all walks of life. Right. Um, yeah.
0: Well, Alex it's so good to see you doing well and thriving and making such big moves in the medical and, you know, the sports med field. So great to connect with you again. How can people find you online? You know, where can they come and check out your practice?
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, if you're in Toronto, you can come see me at, um, uh, Cleveland Clinic Canada. It's, uh, Young and Eglinton. Um, you don't need a referral for, uh, to come in and see me if you have a sports injury. Um, if you want to reach me on Twitter, I'm Alex underscore MD four. Um, those are probably the best ways um, to reach me. I'm not super active on social media, but I'm, I'm definitely there. I'm usually tweeting about the Raptors or something like that, but, uh, uh, I'll, know, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to uh, to speak to anybody who needs any help in any sort of career advice. And I think a lot of it is, you know, happy to do what you're doing. I think a lot of it's giving back, right? Like we've had exactly. a lot of people kind of help us get to where we are today. And um, I always love, you know, helping other people and, and trying to impart some of the knowledge that I've developed over the years onto people and, uh, and hopefully it can help them become successful too. 100 percent and i think you know when when in my rookie i remember
0: you going out there and just running routes and you're one of the people i looked up to so i mean work ethic wise and you know you were one of my role models there as well so you know great to connect with you again alex and all the best Appreciate in, uh, in the coming years thanks for having me we'll talk soon awesome thank you thanks team for listening really hope you found this podcast valuable and can leverage some of the content in your day-to-day Please remember to leave a review, subscribe on YouTube, and sign up for a ton of free content, exercises, coaching, and frameworks at TanvirBengu.com.